Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today we are looking at the 21st episode of Robots in Disguise, Lockout. Coming in, are we coming in on the, uh, on the home stretch here? I feel like we're we coming are in coming, on the home stretch. Yeah, in fact, this, uh, this episode towards the end will be, oh right, the season finale is coming up. Better <laughs> set some stuff up for that. Oh right, there's a metaplock. <laughs> there's basically yes. the Decepticon version of what happened last episode, Bumblebee and seeing Optimus Prime in a random puddle. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this first aired August the 8th, 2015, uh, written by Guy Tubes. Uh, real name. Tubes uh, guy? Well, you know, he's, uh, he's named after the internet, which is, a, uh, as we all know, is a series <laughs> of tubes. Uh, he previously wrote uh, What Would Optimus Do? And will go on to write a number of other Robots in Disguise episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly varied uh, animation uh, filmography. As I believe we've noted earlier, he wrote for whatever the Stinky and Dirty show is. Yeah, that sounds mm. familiar. It looks like it's about two construction vehicles or something. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he wrote for Hi Hi Puffy Amiyumi. That's a show that I remember really liking and then it just went away. It's disappeared. Like so many things on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network. I also wrote for whatever Mowgli, The New Adventures of the Jungle Book is. I mean, that sounds like it's probably a, a Jungle Book thing. It looks like it was live action. Yeah, I've like never heard of this. 15, what? Well, there, there was... There's been a couple of live-action movies based upon that recently that sound not great. Well, yes, but this is from the 90s, so you just had to have actual 90s. animals in it. Guys, I, I just have to I have to let you all know that uh, we have a silent special guest here. Uh, my, my foster mama cat, uh, Catelyn, has heard me talking, and she's standing in the doorway of the living room watching me. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> Hello, Catelyn. Hi. Was this one of those weird Canadian shows? I've never heard of this. Neither have I, so uh, evidently not Canadian. Okay. Hmm. Okay, maybe it was Australian for, or something. I mean, for one, we don't have a lot of jungle here, unless you're really pushing it with Vancouver. So it's not Nelvana. I don't think Nelvana ever did live action. Actually, oh. no. Oh. Or, huh. No, they did. You know, the famous no, Canadian jungle that is <laughs> totally, I don't know. I just assume that's like the Savage Land, but northern. Well, I mean, I've seen it, enough. I've seen enough episodes of Stargate SG One to know there are jungles in Canada, <laughs> and they paint them uh, purple in post production. <laughs> I, anyway, I, uh, I think. Oh, apparently, uh, Nirvana did briefly try live action stuff, but it never quite worked out. They had some sort of Nancy Drew show. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. When was this? Uh, looks like. Well, this is not helping. Their site is under construction. Oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is really germane to the episode, which is Lockout, which is not about um, Guy Pierce saving the president's daughter from space jail. Does their does their site have a little spinning construction gif? Sadly, no. Oh, that's sad. Or that one gif of the Constructicons that Transformer sites always use. Yes, I loved that so much. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember that. Mostly I just remember a lot of Japanese sites with the construction guy bending over apologizing for the site not being finished. Oh, man, I miss old internet. 
Yeah, web rings. Like, my, oh, it's yes. my kingdom for a flame gif. <laughs> anyway, the web, an episode. I guess the web rings. The web rings of today are people TikToking a TikTok video, and it just becomes a massive layer series. Oh, I still haven't figured <laughs> out what TikTok is shanties. yet. I'm I'm old now. I don't understand any of this. No, I don't, I don't really either. understand TikTok at all either. All I know is TikTok gets linked on Twitter, and it's like, well, why don't the people making the TikToks have a Twitter? Why do they only have a TikTok? <laughs> listen, listen, I'm old. I I hear that. I still think of uh, that uh, that Kesha song. I feel about TikTok about the way I feel about cosplay, which is that I, I'm really enthusiastic for and support and impressed by all the people who do them and do not want to do them because I don't need that much attention <laughs> paid to my physical form. Uh, so yeah, we, we open with one of, another one of Denny's ill-advised purchases. In this case, an entire roller coaster. Yes! Oh my god, so I, I love this, so Bumblebee... They're, they're all carrying it in because, you know, it, it did sort of make me think about how I'm like, I've barely furnished my apartment because every time I think, oh, I should get some bookshelves, I then think and then carry them up the stairs. So it would be, I would buy so much stuff if I had some friend, ro- some robot friends, some giant robot friends to just carry all of my stupid purchases for me. <laughs> So Bumblebee points out that apparently it was a steel, and uh, Strongarm then points out that he claimed steel was just an expression, but I'm concerned. Oh, that, that is that is a great line. Her delivery is really good on that one. Yeah. I, I just had mine was not nearly that good. I just had to assume that that they got it at an estate sale for Traction Park, their Action Park. <laughs> Although that would have been when the fuck did that go out of business? Was it? the early 90s did it last that long i mean that stuff sits even, around for a long time yeah. sometimes yeah, that's where villains make their hideouts well i guess the bits of the park that was closed down for a long time could have been around long enough but who oof. i mean can't you isn't there still like an abandoned like little abner themed uh theme park around somewhere oh there are so many abandoned theme parks so many, so many I, YouTube I'm videos of people sure walking around abandoned parks. Atlas Obscura has like a whole section on abandoned theme parks. <laughs> like it's it's an entire thing. So yeah, I guess the big question here would be whether it's in functional condition or whether parts of it are going to be too rusted out to actually be usable. But I guess that will end up irrelevant. Well, what we do see looks in good condition they didn't put a rust texture on it but now that we're talking about abandoned themes parks my brain is just going back going to that five nights at freddy's knockoff with nick cage that i saw a trailer (laughs) for today and oh my god that video made me so happy (laughs) it does look pretty great no i i I was just thinking that maybe denny bought like the roller coaster from uh, that uh, final destination movie (laughs) no Oh, oh yeah, this is probably a coaster that something bad happened on and they had to take it down. Denny, no! Yeah, no, you're just gonna have to, like, wipe some, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead off this one. <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> I'm not going to a theme park. Although, and, and of course, what do, what do, uh, what does this episode have to do with Final Dest, that Final Destination movie, the roller coaster? They both have the voice of the fallen in them. So stay tuned. Oh. Because Tony Todd's in those Final Destination movies. I see. Oh, right, yeah. He's like a spooky coroner who knows, like, 
He's not well, Death himself, but he's the guy who knows what's going on. Well, is, he, is oh no, is he a magical Negro? No, he's more he's, like no, um, well, he's he's just a he's more he sinister the, than that because he's the same Tony character Todd. in every it's movie. More like, I thought he was like a different character. I think he is. Oh, okay, I'm pretty sure that, he's the same. that's that's fair because that stereotype tends to be very wholesome. So if he's sinister, then he's exempted. He's he more like the, the crazy Todd. Ralph from Friday the Thirteenth, where he's like, "Oh, yeah. you kids better not go to that uh, that abandoned campground." Yeah, he's... actually, I I kind of feel like I can't describe uh, Scatman Crothers' character from The Shining as being that wholesome, considering his wall art. Oh, that is amazing! Wall <laughs> what? <laughs> I, apparently, I need to. He read has it. like I don't remember shit. A couple of very large pictures of very naked women. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't. The, the last time I saw it, I just saw the, the documentary about the crazy theories people have about it. Oh, Room 237. Yeah, which is a great documentary. I need to watch it. Anyway, side He has some, hey. some very yeah, large, so, uh, lovely paintings So, so Russell's coming back. He's just he's uh, back, back from uh, the, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, and he's kind of trying to explain football to uh, to the to the robots. And it's kind of like me trying to explain football to you two. <laughs> oh, Canadian rules football with the three Any kind touchdowns of or something. Or something three downs. Things. Three downs. Oh, okay. Well, and, and Grimlock says something about you know, did you uh, you know pass any fumbles or something? I'm <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna get some Baltimore Ravens merchandise, and if anybody asks me about it, I'm gonna be like, no, I just like Corvids. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair. Uh, so, uh, and it, I, as far as uh, great Transformers not understanding uh, sports goes, it's not quite up there with Optimus Prime asking Spike if he is drooling correctly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys, the baby Foster is now also sitting in the doorway watching me. Oh. I have an audience. This is great. <laughs> they just, they hear me talking and they, they haven't behaved like this before because I don't <laughs> talk to myself this much. <laughs> anyway. But what? But what the uh, what the Autobots don't know is that they're being watched, watched by Steeljaw and his pack. Yes, yes, I was so glad to see this. Which, uh, as you will call, is uh, of course Sexy Wolfman Steeljaw. Is this the first time they actually refer to these Decepticons collectively as Steeljaw's pack? I think it might be the first time. Are we sure? Or, wait, no, I think it came up. I'm once not sure. Before. Like the, they're definitely using it a I lot. I know in this they one. do again in the yeah. next episode, but I I felt like that hadn't been used previously, I th- and I mm. I like it a lot. I think it came up once, but maybe only once. I like that they're not just the Decepticons; they're like a supervillain team. They're like the Sinister Six. Yes, and they've got their own name, <laughs> and of course, it's animal themed because he's the wolf guy. Yes. Uh, but if you have forgotten, that includes. Um, uh, Bounty Hunter Fracture and his two Minicons. Uh, you've got uh, Marauding Chompazoid Underbite. Yes. Uh, you've got uh, Robotic Deer Mobster Thunderhoof. <laughs> Who is still Frank Stallone. And Nervous Crab Snitch Clampdown. Yes. 
Every time Clamp Down is walking around, he's got that great, like, sideways walk, and I love it so much. Yes. And hey, they've got uh, they've got another guy with them, and that is his Kickback. Kickback is a really good mafia name. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's also voiced by Liam O'Brien, who is also uh, Underbite. Mm-hmm. And he's... I, I mean, the... It would have been easy to just make him, like, the Generation 1 guy, more or less. But he's... Vi- I like how buggy he is. Yeah, he's very... Yeah, he's really grasshopper green. Cricket. I love how bright green he is. And he's like a... We- he has, like, a weird gangly bug body. Yep. Yes. He's he's definitely... I mean... Oh, yeah. I, I looked... I hadn't... Like, I guess I had glanced away to write notes when you see his full body. Because, yeah, it's like... Almost like a bug centaur sort of thing. Mm. It is. It is really interesting. But yes, I and, I love that he's that name, despite being just a vague general G one name, is also very good to to imply both grasshopper and involved in organized crime. And he also has a very cool dragster mode. Yes. Yeah. He's a Actual really neat drag- design. And kind of simple. It's like. It's annoying. Oh, there's so many characters that should have got toys in this series, but he's very minor. Although having like well, like a the, little legend scale would have been fun. And also, all his weird bug legs would be kind of fragile, probably. Well, yeah. Yeah, they, they just fold up in each other. They're not that or weird. he wouldn't be as buggy. Could be yeah. like a Transmetal Two Scourge. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true, yeah. and that that is a cool toy. Yeah. Anyway, so he, uh, you know, he's all, oh, hey, I thought I was going to join you two. Uh, no, we're actually going to hogtie you to this tree and gag you to serve as bait. This is his, uh, his fraternity hazing. Yes. After this, they're going to slap him on his abdomen with some paddles. <laughs> yes. So the, the Autobots get there. Uh, you know, there's a Decepticon signal. They go there and, uh, you know, they, they, it takes them a little too long to realize this is an obvious setup because he's tied to the tree and none of them did it. They, well, they do, do comment have a that. moment of being like, "Do you have another secret other family, Bumblebee? That you're not telling us about." <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yes, and then he also immediately bugs out and drives off. Ha <laughs> ha, bugs. And uh, also, uh, Fix-It pulls him up, and it turns out he is a professional lackey. Yes. <laughs> That's what it says in Fix-It's file. He's a professional lackey. That's the official term. He was uh, put in jail for uh, for lackeyism. Yes. I mean, I guess that's when well, you're like... Cybertron with Decepticons. Mm. Yeah, they're pretty harsh, man. Got a lot of uh, got a lot of thoughts on how the Autobots are running things back on Cybertron. So they do eventually figure out this is an obvious setup. They ra- they race back, but the Decepticons are already there. They've got Fixit, Russell, and Denny hostage, and uh, Steel Jaws all, "Hey, you, you, why don't you guys check out my file?" <laughs> and you know he's he's in jail for uh, for fomenting rebellion. Um, yes. Let's see. Extremely Which, sexy. I got that, mean, got that underlined a couple of times. Blame him for at this point, seeing what the Autobots are doing. Can't just 
put someone in prison for being a lackey. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, that, that is actually, that's, that, that, that's called being that's, an accomplice. That's probably, yeah, I was going to say that's probably what it, it's like a, uh, the, the plural version of lots of accomplice charges. Like if yeah, your I mean, rap sheet is pretty much entirely accomplice charges, they consider you a professional lackey. Yes. You know, it's like being a henchman. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, you know, fomenting rebellion, uh, extremely sexy. Uh, also, expert at subsonics. Sonics! And Sonics can do everything! Which is kind of <laughs> well, it, weird. It's like, he should have a sonic screwdriver or something. Sonic gun. Well, I assumed he'd have, like, some sort of sonic howl at some point, because he's a wolf. Which, Ooh, yeah. Has he done that yet? I don't remember that I don't happening. think he has. I think maybe he does later. He really should. Anyway, he has, he's setting up a subsonic pulse that causes incredible pain to Autobots and Dinobots, but not Decepticons, question mark, I'm not sure how this works. <laughs> well, no, they, no they, they say he cobbled together something to block out the audio that they have. Oh, right, he does yeah, have chips. Yeah, he specifically yes. modified them, so it's not one of those weird, like, Predacon biology sort of no, things. No, no, no. It's... Di- dinosaur is... transformation energy. <laughs> a little bit wibbly wobbly. I I built a thingy that does a thingy, so we're fine. Yes, I I just got Skylinks, and I want to watch Call of the Primitives tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've gotten so much recently that I haven't actually finished opening. I found a thrust. Speaking so of, of transformation energy. Oh, and also after kick, jo- kick after kickback escapes, uh, sideswipe refers to. Uh, uh, strong arm as Officer Butter Digits, which amused me. Yeah, like digits. <laughs> well, it's weird because we don't have we don't we're gonna use the regular word for fingers, but also we have a word for butter. <laughs> well, yeah. presumably they just adopted the Earth word for butter, but yeah. their word for fingers is not entirely. I guess when you, that's like an inclusive version of it because some. Transformers have claws and stuff, and those still count, yeah. even though they're not clamps. fingers. So, I'm I'm going to declare the digits to just be the the uh, inclusive version of fingers. So yeah, they they all have to toss in their weapons, and they can't come in without you know being submitted to the agony booth. So they've just got to pace outside. And of course, Steeljaw isn't doesn't just want the he doesn't particularly care what's in the junkyard. What he wants. Are what's in those pods? It does seem to be convincingly painful. They they do yeah. seem convincingly agonized by it. Mm-hmm. And also, a, a strong uh, Steeljaw is kind of like asserting his bossitude by just making Thunderhoof grab these weapons that they've tossed down. Yes, yeah, he, and that's rankling with him throughout the entire episode. He's just yelling at Steeljaw to do this and do that. Well, he's the That's guy who used to be, like, the boss, but now he's not the boss. Yeah, but, but him him being the boss just feels weird, other than him saying, I was the boss. I was the boss on Cybertron. Well, this isn't Cybertron. And Steeljaw well, is clearly the power bottom. We've, we've gone yes. over this. I mean, he was the mob boss. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of lover spat going on between them in this episode. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, and then going after his uh, his treacherous ex. Yes. They, they they had a bad bad breakup. 
<laughs> and I am avoiding any mention of somebody being given crabs. <laughs> anyway, so fix so so the humans are kind of hostages. Fix it is very much trying to be very slow in releasing these Decepticons. You know, oh well, you know they're they're rigged to explode, and then later he says that he has to equalize the atmosphere inside them, and he's clearly making all of this up. Yeah, and messing with things. It, it's he's like, yeah, they have to come out. There's a timer. Yeah, there's a mm. timer. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep. <laughs> it's not quite that, but it's about that. Yeah, it, so, it's a delaying tactic. Otherwise, this episode would be a lot quicker, and like the the, yes. the entire series would be changed quicker than from yes. this point on than it does later. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just wacky. Like it would have been nice at the beginning of the episode if they'd been setting up like there is an actual added layer of security on the stasis pods beyond the normal shit. Other than him making stuff up. And it's all making stuff up, so it takes, like, an hour to open pods, and we've seen it happen in, like, a minute. Yes. So, anyway, Underbite is is assigned to guard the humans, but he is too busy eating stuff to really pay much attention to them. So, uh, Russell, he's determined to go full home alone on these Decepticons. Yes. He's gonna just devise huge, elaborate traps, and it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. And they have plenty of time to do so because Steeljaw sends Thunderhoof and Clamp down to go get them, and those two uh, they don't get along so well. No, yeah, because that was bad planning there, Steeljaw. As we established previously, Clampdown was the snitch who landed Thunderhoof in jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he'd really been on the ball, he probably would have you know sent the bounty hunter, who is definitely the most competent guy here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least send and him also with has one of the others. Yes. And he also has two little guys with him who can chase them down, like on their own turn, like uh, somebody yeah. their own size, like if mm-hmm. he goes into like a hole or something. <laughs> anyway, so they end the uh, so Thunderhoof and Clampdown end up lured onto these uh, onto these roller coaster tracks, which takes them on a uh, a, a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, the, there's you know through the, the surrounding countryside. Yes. The engineering is dubious. The, there's no safety rails. There's definitely no insurance. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they 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 end up ejected into some mud where they're supposed to slide into a uh, a shipping container. But Clampdown figures this out and slows himself down with his claw. Mm. So now it is time for their Rube Goldbergian escape route, and. I, I, maybe it's because I watched this movie fairly recently, but I'm, I swear that the, the score kind of turns into a knockoff of the Breakfast Machine music from uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I could see that. Which also involves a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. Yes. It's like... So Danny Elfman music is what you're saying. Yeah, Danny Elfman, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, some Danny Elfman nonsense begins to happen. <laughs> and much like in Home Alone, Russell escapes via zipline. Yes. Although, sadly, nobody gets hit in the face with a shovel here. No. Oh, well, Russell escapes. Denny doesn't escape because uh, Thunderhoof uses a claw ball special. 
He just yes. chucks. Uh, yeah. Clamp Throwing down. clamp down at people. Yeah, yeah, clamp down. Crabe. He is a crabe. <laughs> oh no, crabes. <laughs> that's one yeah, of those so. things that's been living rent-free in my head for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so yeah, Russell finds the Autobots, and uh, you know, they, you know they have tried. They can't go under it. Can't go over it. So they are going to have to plan because they realize that well, Autobots and Dinobots might be affected by this. Perhaps Minicons are not. And at this point, Drift, I guess, realizes that his proteges have just been like on his wrists all uh, all episode. <laughs> yeah, just hanging out, you know, trying not to get in the way. Being small. Yeah, so, so Grimlock, Strongarm, and Sidewalks are, like, banging on stuff to make noise to distract everybody. And Bumblebee and Drift are planning siege warfare and straight up con- uh, construct a catapult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, is it a catapult or a trebuchet? Because it's Catapult. Yeah, it's a catapult. Trebuchet has, like, the counterweight thing. The catapult just goes up and it's stopped by the thing and they launch. What? Okay, like, the, the Minicons are important to this episode, but does Drift have any lines? I'm pretty sure he has a line, at least. Okay. It's like, there's just so many times where Drift is, like, just also there. Well, I mean, it, it, feels it very... sort of works, because he's very stoic. Yes. Yeah, but, like... That he's always just there, and either either he's not saying anything being stoic, or he's complaining about something that he ends up screwing up. He's a very well. This series is growing on me a lot, but the more I watch it, the more I hate Drift. Well, I mean, (laughs) you know, he's he's the he's kind of the team jerk. I I mean, I guess Sideswipe's also kind of the team jerk. Like one of the things I took away from watching it the first time around was I hate this Drift. He's a jerk. (laughs) Not in the like he's a bad character sense, just in that he's a character I who is a jerk. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're supposed yeah. to like him all, t- all that much. I it, It's just, like, the fact that, like, he's not meant to be liked at this point in the series, and that he's just kind of a jerk, it's like he's badly implemented into the team dynamic. It, it's very mm. weird for me. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he is he does kind of stand apart, because it's, you know, he's got his own buddies, but, yeah, yes. and, and he's not, you know purposefully he's not much of a team player so yeah he just ends up not fitting in by design he he could be like more independent and active that way not being a team player and yet still sometimes playing along with him like oh i don't know like a character that might show up in a few episodes well Mm -hmm. that is something that is going to happen so anyway, they do they they launch these two minicons into the console. They end up fighting with Airazor and Dive Bomb. Uh, Yay, the, the minicons. Evil minicons! I love minicon fights. <laughs> yes. So and they turn off the subsonics. Everybody's having a big fight. It's a pretty good fight. Uh, however, the pods have already begun to open. And who was able to recognize the three Decepticons who almost get out? I was mostly distracted oh. by the tentacle. Yeah, yeah so there's that was tentacle. Because I was like, yay, Octopunch, you can tell because of his tentacle. Yeah, he was easy. There was a big brownish claw. Was that Quillfire? Quillfire, and then there's also Terrashock. Remember the, ah. the buffalo guy. <gasps> oh, I did, I I've kind of forgotten about him. And, and yeah, he was so long ago, it's like, 
He left yeah. no impression. Also, we get a hey out of Frank Stallone. Yes, we do. hey No, I'm not counting those. There, there okay. will be another counter to keep track of, and it's too late now. Oh. Need yet another okay, yeah. drinking game. Yes. So, oh, yeah. uh, Denny is the one who is left to try and uh, turn the to shut these pods back up, and he's trying his best until he uh, he finally pulls a Fonz on it. <laughs> so he's going to use some some Earth skills or something along those lines. Oh, it also, definitely well, refers to this as being an Earth thing. And well, well, uh, Thunderhoof is fighting Sideswipe. Sideswipe or Thunderhoof inexplicably goes down to an electric shock, which is never explained. Uh, huh. Look, well, I, like I figured it, it was like one of the security measures in the... Right, it's like there was a shot missing there or something that they forgot yeah, to put in. Interesting. Yeah. Also, I just want to say that you can't just kick a computer and make it work. That's not how computers work. No, I mean but it feels good. Again, listen. He, I mean, it, it, remember he was on Happy Days with Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler taught him how to do this. <laughs> oh, right. oh, fuck! Right. On the other ha! hand, I guess you could hit a CRT TV and make it work, and that should also not work because that doesn't have moving parts. It shouldn't work, but it does. Like it always did. Absolutely. Oh, that's something kids don't know now. If you hit a CRT just right, you can make it work better. Also, flat screens hey. don't do that. Blowing on NES cartridges. But <laughs> that uh, no, that doesn't work. Entirely, it, it get might clear yes, the contacts. It, does. it absolutely works. It's magic. There are more effective ways to clear the contacts. But yes, I I guess uh, going back in my memory to the days of CRT TVs in like the eighties, where hitting them seemed to actually help, even though they don't have moving parts. I guess I'll allow for kicking the computer to make it work. It's not so much about the moving parts; it's like the tubes. There were actual tubes. They would vibrate if you shake them. Yeah, I guess that was a vibrational thing. I don't know. CRTs. They're fun. Thing of the past. They make pixel art look better. So, yeah, the 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 Decepticons are foiled. Sideswipe is, or Steeljaw is extremely angry. And he, and they, they, he leads the retreat. At one point, uh, the Minicons are hanging off him like he's, uh, like he's Ratfink or something, which amused me. <laughs> yes. Also, Steeljaw needs to bark more. He needs to bark yeah. at everyone. Do wolves bark? <laughs> or bark order? Well, they're dog-related. They should be able to bark unlike dire wolves, which it turns out aren't wolves. They're yeah, foxes. that's crazy. It's weird. Well, they're not exactly foxes, but they're probably closer to foxes than wolves. Anyway, oh, I think I I just realized this episode. Oh, all of uh, Steeljaw's pack are ground vehicles. Yes, they mm-hmm. are. We don't have a ton of Decepticon flyers in this, possibly because we don't have any Autobots that fly, and that would be a pretty easy out for them. That's fair. Well, eventually we do get an Autobot that flies. Eventually. There are some flying Decepticons next season. There's next Filch. Next season. She's the best. No, that's oh, true. Filch. That's Filch true. was a flyer, right. And the bat. And um, what's his name? Uh, Nightstrike, the bat. Yes. Ah, yeah. oh, him. He's great. Such a good design. And yeah, apparently wolves do bark. Okay. Okay. He should bark at them. I just feel like he needs to bark at his group the, when the they're form, misbehaving. The four major categories 
vocalizations of wolves are barking, whimpering, growling, and howling. Mm-hmm. We've definitely heard he howling do... and growling. Uh, he's not really the whimpering type. No. No. He should do more growling, at the very least. Anyway, so so we cut now back to Decepticon headquarters, where he is just, he is big mad, as they say. Yes. He's just, he's just pulling a Bobby Knight here. Just throwing <laughs> furniture around. And uh, the other Decepticons just decide to give him his space. Well, he orders Probably them out. Probably for the best. And they're just, yeah. Although, uh, Clampdown is the Probably last one fine. to scuttle out. And then he scuttles the wrong way. <laughs> I love his scuttling so much. And then suddenly, Rangers! Rita's constru- Oh wait, no, sorry. They've really altered his voice Bumble level where he bee. does sound exactly like Zordon. Kind of, yeah. The, 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 this could have honestly Didn't been anyone's that. voice with the, the effect they're sticking on him. Uh, no, but uh, did you stick around for the credits to see who this is? You may be very surprised, bitty bitty. D- yeah, well... Mm. Very surprised or entirely confused depending upon your age. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is Gil. It is Buck Rogers himself, uh, Gil Gerard from that '70s show that I have seen a little of, but is way before my time. Well, it, it, huh. it's not entirely before our time because it was in syndication a lot in the '80s. So I've seen it. It was. Uh, it was on Sci-Fi Channel a lot in the '90s, oh, so yeah, I've seen lots too. of commercials for it. Uh, I. Wouldn't be surprised if it's on uh, Comet at this point, which is one Probably of those like B digital stations. Or unless it's a Shout Factory thing, it feels like it's something they should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that or so uh, Me TV likes to do a bunch of they do like Lost in Space and original Star Trek on Saturday nights after Sven Gulli. <laughs> yeah, so for so for those who are not as ancient as we are. It's about, like, a guy from the present who ends up frozen or something and wakes up in the future where space stuff is happening. Yeah. And there was, like... I'm pretty sure this is... They've had this on... I'd have to look it up. I feel like they had this on MeTV at, like, 3 in the morning on Saturdays. After, like, Lost in Space. Yeah, so, so there was him. There was, like, his sexy future lady sidekick... And also like a a weird... Because, yeah, they're robots because this was post-Star Wars and you had to have cute robots. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Two years after that, you gotta have robots in your TV show. And then in the second season, they have that uh, that bird guy who uh, is now heavily referenced on Rick and Morty as Bird Person. (laughs) Yeah, the bird guy was kind of weird. Well, it... it, Uh, Hawk. Was Buck... Was Buck Rogers originally a comic book? I can't remember. I think it was a comic strip from like the twenties. Okay, yeah, it was during Which, that tw- wait, late seventies before Flash Gordon. I figured it. I figured it was like a riff on Flash Gordon. Because, oh, look, we got a bird guy too. It's like that uh, late seventies, pen- early eighties point of being very nostalgic for forties and fifties sci-fi. So you know, like Star Wars. Yeah. Apparently, he first appeared in The Pulps in 1928, but then they were adapted into a comic okay. strip, which debuted in 1929. And then there was a radio. They were like, uh, oh. like serials. Oh, radio plays, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and it came before Flash Gordon. Okay, wow, that's 
That's weird. That feels weird. Yes. But I guess it makes sense since the Buck Rogers of the 70s, the TV show was kind of a lot different than the original. Oh, actually, yeah. Anyway. It's on uh, right after, at least as of this present weekend, it's on right after Star Trek, the original series, which is on right after Sven Gulli on MeTV on Saturday night. Hmm. So, so, yes. uh, so, yeah. I thought uh, so that yeah. used to be Lost in Space. Maybe they ran out of Lost in Space. So, yeah, Gil Gerard, an extremely weird choice for this character. Yeah. That's Some, like, yeah. Somebody must have been a big looking... fan of that show or something. Maybe. I was going to say maybe he was what, just... what did he do after Buck Rogers? Maybe he, he was turns... just looking for voice work. I feel like Buck Rogers is one of those things where if you feel like it, you can coast on the royalties. This is pot. Well, and uh, he's, he turns up in stuff. He's in um, that movie, uh, The Nice Guys, mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. He's like the head of the car company or something. Oh wow! I I guess I haven't. Seen I mean, he's him much older now. Obviously. Yeah, like I, did, I yeah. didn't realize it was him. Mm-hmm. He does have a good voice, which is heavily modulated here. Yeah, I, yeah. I admit I was kind of hoping that they would get um, Tony Todd for this. Yeah, this would have been a good Tony Todd role, but oh well. I mean, he was in the last show, but he has been the Fallen before. Yes. And he's got, you know, good voice. Anyway, so yeah, this guy is totally pulling the exact thing that Optimus is, where, hey, Steeljaw, listen, it's almost the end of the season, and I have an evil <laughs> plot. What do you say? As, as my notes specifically say, oh no, it's the mirror phone from the afterlife. <laughs> and he specifically he says that, oh yes. doing the reflective surface communication thing. Yes. So it's exactly and, like what Optimus is doing. And he's saying, hey, you know you know that crash that brought you here? That was me, baby. Yep. And that I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm the first Decepticon. Yes. And, Which, and then Steel okay, Joe is very unimpressed by this. Yeah, which is, yeah. like, I do like that. He's no-selling everything. It's like, no, I, I don't give a shit, dude. He's like, eh, I don't really want a boss right now. Yeah. I'm I'm happy doing freelance. I'm not looking for formal employment. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a demigod from another dimension, but I got my own shit going on. I got my own dimension going on. And I don't think he actually names himself, but I believe his toy no. was sold as... Uh, the somewhat unfortunate Megatronus. Yes. Which, yeah. shoot, do I even have... I know I have one. I don't think I have it on a shelf, because it's, it's a also, H-tank again. It's fine. Yeah, it's very As cool, he though. he shows I think up it's... here, he has, like, a very, like, abstract sort of masky face, but mm-hmm. when he actually shows up later, he's got sexy face. Yeah. And they uh, they sold the toy with both heads. Yes. It was a variant. Oh, they, they did? Wait, which version did I I get? think one was Toys R Us exclusive or something. I honestly don't remember. And anyway, he sa- you know, he says, well, okay, well, how about this then? I don't actually care about Earth. So if I take it over, you can, or you, so, you know, if I you get me out of here, you get it. Like, you can keep it. Ooh. And then Steel Jazz all, well, okay, sure, fine. I like that he does the agreed for now. Yeah. <laughs> like, buddy, there's a demigod calling you up on the mirror phone. <laughs> I feel that's just but, such a steel jaw response that he does that for everything. 
<laughs> yeah, that's like habit for him. Like he doesn't know any other way. Yeah, like he goes to a restaurant and they ask him if he wants, uh, you know, if he'd like to supersize that. He says, agreed for now. <laughs> yes. You know, he buys something on eBay, you agree to a price. All right, agreed for, for now. For now. It's like, what are you going to do later? What What do you even mean by that? And then, and then he says something obvious, like, oh, you'll see. <laughs> and, and then he, he like the, no and idea. Then he, and then he, like, tenses This is claws. just how he's used to acting. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm, he, I'm committed 24-7 to being sexy and mysterious. Yes. And very independent. I think I'm just going to say yes, like a tool. Uh, and that is the end of the episode. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy stuff with Steeljaw and his pack, because they are, like, I like the group dynamic of the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they're individually also a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I like oh. watching, <laughs> I like watching Clampdown just scuttle, just scuttle sideways. Yeah, it's, they're, they're a good foil for the Autobots, and they actually made some I mean, they didn't actually make progress here because they were, you know, stopped before they could actually release anybody. But it was, it was a pretty good showing here. Yeah, they're, they're oh, a I nice forget. balance. The same same team dynamic, kind of in a more broken way, fighting with each other. Although, I get wait, does that make clamp down the side swipe of the group? Ah, uh, it should. I mean, he kind of is. He is arguing with Thunder Hoof, so th- there's that dynamic yeah. of the. I mean, they don't really have. You can't really do a one-to-one thing. There's no like. There's no girl member to fight the girl. No, no. it's not exactly. But you got like one guy with mini cons, and you got one guy who's a beast, more of a beast. Yeah, yeah. It's really that uh, you know, Clampdown and Thunderhoof don't have clear counterparts. Yeah, and maybe they need like an need like an evil fix it. Yes. Oh yeah, they are lacking an evil fix it. Yeah, you know more evil fix its. Yes. Uh, I would uh, I would argue that uh, somebody like uh, Nickel would be more thematically appropriate for this show than she was in her comics appearance. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, that well, it, the issue we got from her point of view was interesting, but like it kind of fucked up the just the uh, the this justice division for no reason. I, I feel it was too goofy. If you're going to yeah. use those guys, you have to make them, like, 100% scary. Yeah, keep them scary. You have to commit. They can't have, like, their wacky uh, den mother who's telling them yeah. to eat their vegetables or whatever. Their HR meetings. That's right. Or she should have really quickly figured out in that issue, oh, these guys are evil, I need to leave. Or this you have is to maybe make her, not like, as okay as I thought. Or you have to make her, like, also creepy and spooky. Yeah, something. Yeah. Like, uh, at the very least, like, Cloris Leachman and Young Frankenstein. Yes. Anyway, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Oh, yes, wait. Uh, this week on Kikusenta, Gogo 5, The Dark King, The Cost of Revival! Ooh. Uh, we are ramping up to the very end of the series. This is the fourth to the last episode, I think? better be ramping up with a title like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the the scorpion parasite they stuck on the Red Ranger at the very tail end of the last episode, Dinas and Kobolda are using that to resurrect their dead older brother Zilfies by sticking another parasite on his corpse, 
which powers up his body and brings it back to life by sucking the life out of the Red Ranger to give it to their brother to keep him alive. So he's alive at the beginning of the episode. And then then Red's in the hospital for most of the episode, and it's uh, the other Rangers have to fight against. It's fine. Meanwhile, um, Green Witch Grandine is very angry and causing earthquakes in their base, which eventually causes earthquakes on the entire planet. Because she's turned into, like, a giant pillar of fire. Oh. She's powering up to her full power in her final form and that nonsense. While all the other stuff in the episode is happening. But it's the Rangers versus the three Calamity siblings. It's kind of interesting dynamics. Sort of. But it's mostly about family, again. And and groups pairing off against each other. But in the end, um... Dennis, well, they fuck up the bug that's on Zilfie's chest, so it comes off of Red Ranger's chest, and then Dennis is like, no, we need to resurrect my brother. He's like, no, not really, I mean, I'm gonna die again, whatever. But then she sticks the bug on her, sacrifices her life to keep give him full power, and she's dead, and, like, she's the only not-suit monster on the bad guy's side. She was a woman and just a sexy bat outfit. That's kind of their thing with there's there's usually like a sexy lady villain who's not like a costume yes. monster. They're uh, my favorite. There was to a point. It doesn't happen anymore, or at least not oh. as much. Like sometime in maybe around two thousand or so or the mid two thousands, like they stopped having like evil villains with faces. Oh, oh wait. I think actually the current show does have a villain's showing at least some of their face, though. But for, the, like, the last decade, it's mostly been just guys and gals in rubber monster suits. Which is probably easier and cheaper than actually having an actor on set, and then you have to have a stunt double come in, and it's a whole thing. Anyway, she's dead. Her brother's no. alive again. But sexy <laughs> costume lady. Yeah, it was, like, her death is climactic but anticlimactic in a way like they're playing operatic music to heighten the thing but it's oh the lady of the group has to die to sacrifice herself for someone a man to bring him back to life it's eh, cliche but eh, whatever but there's no robot fight this episode what Which, that's the biggest disappointment yeah wow. that's like why even bother why even show up yeah th- there's no episode specific monster of the week monster it's mostly about like sucking energy to bring back the eldest brother and then Dennis or no Grandweech Grandini in the background is I met my full final form bullshit going on Mm -hmm. it's more ramping up is his hair glowing gold or we like it blue (laughs) or like chartreuse or well uh what color is the Grandweech's hair um I think it's white but zilfie's is gold anyway to begin with so yeah the, the, the more stuff that the next few ep- like three episodes left i think it's like shit's getting serious okay dun, dun, dun. so that uh, that is it for this episode we'll be back next week with more robots in disguise until then you can find us all over the internet we're on twitter we're on facebook and we have a patreon Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. 
That is patreon.com slash Iacon Underground. Uh, for what what month is this? Are we still in January? We are still in uh, January. I'm pretty sure it's still, even though like episodes have been coming out late because the end of last year is catching up to me. Yeah. yeah. So editing is a little slow. Yeah. What did we do for January again? But yeah, th- this... We did this episode um, did should do. come out. Uh, we did uh, uh, last week. We uh, did Earthrise. I that's why I forgot what we did because it was Earthrise. It was extremely unmemorable. <laughs> and uh, yeah, except I don't... to occasionally be like, man, there was no Earth rising at any point in that series. Uh, I remember that we saw a scrap face at one point. Yeah, I, I think. I think I've seen the very last scene and there is an Earth there. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if that's really, like, Earth-Earth. Because there's also, like, ruined no. old ruins no. and stuff. And I don't know. I guess we'll find out next season if we want to subject ourselves to people doing bad Scott McNeil impressions. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in theory... You could get a decent, bad impression of Scott McNeil's Dinobot, but I wouldn't want it. No, I wouldn't want it either. Oh, a bad impression of Rat Trap. That's going to be worse. Oh, man. I mean, it's entirely possible that they aren't going to use that many new models on this show. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) So I think there's a good chance we see, like, Dinobot, Cheetor, maybe they get a lady in there. Maybe you but get that, but, either Air Razor or Black Arachnia. But oh my it's God, just going to be Black Arachnia. Oh, God, but the walk cycles. Can they possibly do a spider walk cycle on this that doesn't look terrible? No. Oh, no. I'm going to say no. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, you can hear us talk about the first episode of Earth yes, Rise. consider that a preview. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so please join us next time when we uh, when we watch an episode that's like this episode, but also not like this episode. You might say it's similarly different. <gasps> dun dun dun! Well done, well done. Thank you. So until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm Baby.